Welcome to Innovate at Open, the podcast that explores open source through the lenses of distributed collaboration, collective invention, and technology creation. I'm your host, Gordon Half, technology evangelist with Red Hat. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Innovate at Open podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Gordon Half, and I'm very pleased to have with me today Mark Himmelstein, who's the CTO of the Risk of Risk Five. Uh, we just got off having a summit in San Francisco that I was pleased to be able to attend in person. So, welcome, Mark. Maybe you can just introduce yourself and maybe give a brief overview of what RISC-V is. I'm Mark Hemelstein, I'm the CTO. Uh, I've been in the industry for, for, for a bit. I, I was an early employee of MIPS, I ran Solaris for Sun. So I've done a lot of um, high tech stuff and I've been with RISC-V for about a year and a half and I'm very excited. This is an incredible year for us, um, a very big change for us. So first of all, we, we believe that there's been well over 2 billion risk five cores deployed for profit this year, which is uh, an important thing. You know, success begets success and um, adoption begets adoption because, you know, a lot of people joined us early on and they're early adopters. And now you're seeing people say, oh, they were successful. Now I can be successful. Risk five is an instruction set architecture. So um, kind of halfway between uh, a standard and open source Linux, like kind of right in between there. Um, we don't do implementations. We're totally implementation independent. We work with other sister organizations that are nonprofit like Low Risk and uh, Chips Alliance and Open Hardware who, who, who do specific things in hardware with, with RISC-V. Uh, but we just really work on the ISA, um, the instruction set architecture, and we work on fostering the software ecosystem. So all you know, compilers, runtimes, operating systems, hypervisors, bootloaders, et cetera, all the things that are necessary for members to be successful with RISC-V. You know, it's a, it's a community of probably about, uh, uh, you know, 300 institutions and corporations. There's probably over 2,000 individual members, somewhere around 55 groups doing technical work, um, about 300 active members in those groups and about 50 leaders. Uh, and they just did an incredible job this year, ratifying 16 specifications. In 2020, we did one. So a very big growth for us. And a lot of things that have been hanging out there for some time, four to six years, things like Vector, uh, CryptoScaler, very innovative things, as well as some some basic stuff like hypervisor and bit manipulation, which we, um, you know, everybody's kind of doing their own. And we finally got the the standard out. So everybody's grateful for that. I will talk about standards a little bit more in a moment, but you, you mentioned this open ISA. What was the thinking behind taking this approach? Because obviously there have been earlier open hardware or semi-open hardware types of projects, which haven't necessarily had a big impact, or at least not as big an impact as maybe some people would hope they would have at the time. So how is RISC-V different? Yeah, it's a really good question. So one of the problems when you hand something whole cloth to open source um, is it's hard for people to really feel ownership around it. 
Um, and the one thing that Linux did was everybody felt a private ownership uh, that was really hard to do. So we are the biggest open source ISA that was born in open source. So unlike the other ones, you know, we were actually born in open source. So people are afraid, you know, hey, if one of these big corporations goes away that's behind them, then the open source will go away. The, the actual standard will go away. And rightfully so. I mean, we've seen that occur before in the past. RISC-V comes along and it's different. So Krista, I always get his last name mispronounced, Hasanovich. Uh, he uh, at Berkeley wanted to do some some stuff and, and the story was he was wanting to do some vector work. And, and you know, he's, you know, uh, a student of Dave Patterson's and, you know, Dave did RISC-1, 2, 3, 4. And, and so they came up with this RISC-V and uh, with a V. So uh, the V kind of doubles as RISC-V and vector. Uh, and and start off doing this. And all of a sudden there's this groundswell of people who are interested in it. And it got so exciting for folks that in 2015, they started plotting how to make it a open source organization. And they did in 2016. Um, and, and it's just taken off from there. Um, so people have been dying for this. It's, it, you know, look, it's very clear. There's flexibility with respect to pricing, right? It's, it's free, right? But, more importantly, is also flexibility with respect to customizing, right? You can do anything you want with it. Nobody's standing over your shoulder. And we provide places for people to do custom opcodes and codings and CSRs and stuff like that. So it's set up for extensibility. And, um, you know, we, we believe that it will last for a long time because you can extend it over and over and over again. As we did this year, we added vector, we added these other things. So, um, so it's extensible. It's free. It's flexible to use any way you wanted to, um, and you know we've also had a renaissance in EDA over the last fifteen years. So it's a lot easier to plunk down a bit of logic to go off and do hey some security module using a RISC five core, um, where it may have been harder to do that around the year two thousand, right? Um, and so that's gotten easier. So this combination of things has has just been incredible and. You know, you see adoption and you see deployment of products more in the IoT embedded space because the runway is shorter. It's not a general purpose computer. You're running one application. You get it working. So wearables and industrial controllers and disk drives and, and you know, accelerators that, that go into, uh, you know, data center servers for AI and ML and graphics. All those things, you're seeing them first. And then the general purpose computers come out a little bit later accepting there's always exceptions, right? So Alibaba announced at the summit last year, not this year, um, they last year that they have a cloud server based on it and they have their next generation coming out. And so uh, so you see RISC-V in every single part of computer science from embedded to IoT to um, uh, edge to desktop to data center to HPC. I even have a soldering iron made by Pine64.org that has a RISC-V processor in it. Now, to this point about extensibility, there was a fair bit of discussion at the RISC-V summit over essentially fragmentation versus diversity. Um, you know, this idea that, yeah, you have all these extensions out there, but if people just use them willy-nilly, then you're kind of breaking compatibility. So, and I know there are some specific things like profiles and platforms that are intended to address that potential issue to some degree. So could you discuss this whole 
thing. Yeah, I have a bumper sticker statement that says, innovate, don't duplicate. That's the only thing that keeps us together as a community. Why do you want to go ahead and implement addition and subtraction for the thousandth time? Why do you want to implement the optimizers for addition and subtraction for the thousandth time? You don't. The reason why so many people are coming to the table as part of the community with the contributor culture that was built by Linux, right? Why are they showing up? Why are they doing work? They're doing it because they realize they don't want to do it all. It's too expensive to do it all. You know, there, there are many either countries or companies or whatever that were doing unique processors themselves because the licenses or the flexibility weren't you know available in other architectures. They don't want to do their own stuff. The same reason why people didn't want to get hooked into you know, Solaris or AIX or, or, or all those things that are going to Linux and have gone to Linux is the same reason why they're coming to RISC-5. They don't want to be beholden to a company. They want the flexibility and the freedom uh, to prosecute their business the best way that they see fit. And we allow them to do that. Now, okay, they, they want to share. How are we going to have them share? Well, we have the same thing that um, we have the same thing that that shows up with um, uh, something like like Linux, in that uh, you know we have to make sure that there are versions that work together. So we've done the same thing, the same way that you have uh, generational sets of instructions that work together, uh, either by a version number or a new product name or your. We have the same thing with us with profiles. So RVA is the application profile. RVM is the microcontroller bare metal profile. Um, and they'll both be coming out like almost every year initially and probably slower as time goes on. Uh, but RVA 20 is the stuff that was ratified in 2019. RVA 22 is the stuff that was ratified in 2021. Uh, and it works for all applications. So we can you know, tell the distros, we can tell the upstream projects like the compilers, GCC, LLVM, this is what you go after. And everybody knows, all the members know, if they're gonna do something unique and different, they have to support that themselves. If they wanna negotiate with the upstream projects, we don't get in the way, they can go ahead and do that. But the upstream projects know it's the profiles that are most important. The platforms are very similar, but for operating systems. We want the distros to be able to create a single distro, a single set of bits, people can download and configure and work. So things like ABIs, things like discovery, things like ACPI, all those things are bound in the platform and the same thing will happen. It will come out on a sort of a yearly basis. There's a, again, an application layer platform and there's a microcontroller for real-time OSs and bare bones uh, kind of things. Uh, as you might imagine, the bare bones, both in the profiles and platform, very sparse. There's not much in there because people don't want you to do a whole lot to the point where like we had the M extension previously and that M extension had multiply and divide. They don't want divide. It's too expensive in, in IoT. So we're breaking it out. We're going to have a, a separate multiply extension that people can go ahead and use. Both of them are optional um, down, down the bottom. And so we've provided a way that all the upstream things can go ahead and deal with it. All the distros can deal with it. And then people can jump on board and just use those things. Ultimately, the goal is really simple. Be able to take an application that was compiled for one implementation and have it run on another implementation, have it produce the same results within you know, within the bounds of things like timing and other things like that. Same thing as operating systems. One set of bits, be able to download it multiple implementations, configure it, and just have it work. 
Uh, so that's how we're working on, on, on constricting fragmentation and, and giving a tool to be able to do it. But again, the only reason for people not to fragment is so that they can share. I think it was Dave Patterson made a uh, made a comment in the meet the board uh, before the Risk Five Summit too that for a lot of uses and I think you alluded to this with IoT devices the sort of microprocessor compatibility like you've had with XA6 is often not really the right lens through which to look at Risk Five it, it can be of course but it isn't necessarily. Yeah, I mean, but even those guys want to share things, right? They're not going to want to do like the compiler from scratch, but they're using the base 47 instructions instead of all the rest of the extensions. They don't care about those because of exactly what you said. And I think the, the I, again, I think the, the thing that brings people together are common things that they have to do over and over again. So, for example, I'll give you one very simple example. We're working on something called fast interrupts right now. What, what does it mean? It's actually shortening the pathway to get into an interrupt handler and not having to save and restore all the registers for embedded. That's what it's for. Very simple. Well, all the embedded guys are in there, even though they, 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 you know, they're doing their own thing because they want to agree on one set of calling conventions and make it easy for them to do that. That's not something that they're using for interoperability between their parts. That's something they're using so they don't have to duplicate the work between the companies. Let me ask you a couple of related questions. The first of them is is kind of where were the initial wins for Risk Five, and a related question is, have there been wins with Risk Five that you didn't really expect? You know, well, first of all, remember we don't collect any kind of reporting information. We don't require that somebody tell us how many cores, what they're used for, or anything like that. So anything we get is anecdotal. The other thing is we don't announce for anybody. It's not our job to do that. We'll help amplify. We'll, we have a place on the RISC-V website for everybody to advertise for free, whether they're a member or not, called the RISC-V Exchange. All that's wonderful. But uh, the stuff we hear is when we, when we have you know, side meetings at conferences like the summit and stuff like that. So you know, we know that there are, um, there's more design wins and deployments that we know of in the IoT embedded space, again, because of the runway, right? Because it's not a general purpose computer. But, you know, one that's really exciting that people may not realize is that um, a lot of the earbud manufacturers, especially out of China, are using RISC-V as their core. One of them is called Blue Trim. They remember, um, you know, probably tens of millions of units per month uh, with RISC-V cores in them. So that's really exciting to me. And, you know, I, I think that, again, that's one of those things where it just, really um, shows off the ability to take a RISC-V core and do something with it quickly and get it out there. I have in my house 85 Wi-Fi connected devices with switches and outlets and doorbells and, you know, gates and garages and all that kind of stuff. 10% of them are Espressive. Espressive's, again, a member. Uh, so they, they have gone ahead and um, uh, gone and produced the RISC V. You can see the RISC V module. So uh, home automation kind of stuff. So there's there's a lot of things that are showing up in a lot of places that you know we may not hear about right away. We hear about sort of secondarily that are just a a surprise, but b exciting. And and c I think what it does is it it really does engender success, right? When people see other people being successful doing this, 
they go and say, hey, I can do this too. And so I think, think that that's amazing. And again, you're just going to see this continue up the chain. You know, while there are exceptions like Alibaba doing their, their cloud server, um, you know, the servers are a little bit further out. Uh, the HPC guys are, you know, actively working European Processor Initiative, Barcelona Supercomputer Center. All those guys are working on stuff. We know that the United States government in various places is, is working on things. Uh, the gentleman who runs our technology sector committee is a guy named John Liddell from Tactical Labs in Texas, and he works with various government organizations and has you know, set up things like Jenkins rigs to, to do tests for us five and stuff like that. Uh, so, so there's a lot of work that goes in various areas, but I don't think there's a single part of computer science that isn't looking at RISC-V for something or another, whether it be a specialized processor to help them do security or processing of, you know, for ETL or something like that, or something that's, that's really a general purpose thing. It's, it's everywhere. And I think you're just going to see more and more products come out over time. Um, and you know, we're, we're not the only ones who are, who are taking a look at how much is coming out. Uh, all the standard analysts have have numbers, and they're predicting 50 billion to 150 billion kind of range of of cores out there in a very short period of time. And I think it's just going to grow as people see that it's an easy thing to do. What is your role at Risk Five? What what do you kind of see your primary mission as being? I, I'd like to make things really simple, and the the, the most important thing for me is the proliferation of Risk Five cores for profit. Right, that has to be the thing that, that you stays in your mind. In the short term, my goal really is to get people over the goal line with the pieces they need to get over the goal line with. In 2020, we produced one spec. In 2021, we did 16. That's through the effort of me and everybody else in the team in order to prioritize, put governance in place, help get them help what they needed help, and try to push things over the goal line. So get those specs out there that the members care about in order to make their customers successful. And then finally, really the ecosystem. You gotta make the, I mean, look, without compilers, without optimizers, without libraries, without hypervisors, without operating systems, I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter how good your ISA is. And so having all those pieces there is really important. I'm a software guy and that's, they hired a software guy to do this job because of that. Um, because I, I, you know, I've worked in the ISA, but I, I understand software all, I mean, everywhere from, uh, you know, bootloaders up to applications. So I've worked all those pieces. It's really critical. And you're going to see us uh, provide even more emphasis over that. That's been the greatest growth area in our groups over the last year. And you're going to see continued effort by the community. I think you maybe just kind of answered this, but if you look out in a year, two years, what does success look like? Or conversely, what would you consider to be flashing alarm, you know, lights or bells going off? Well, you know, one of the things that we haven't done up until now is really put a concerted effort after industries. A lot of it has been really bottoms up. Hey, we need an adder, right? We need multiply, we need vector, we, right? So those are things we go, hey, other architectures have this. But now we're really starting to take a look from the board to the steering committee, down through the groups at things like automotive, at things like data center, at finance, at oil and gas, at, you know, at industries and trying to take a look holistically at what they need to succeed. Some of it's gonna be ISA, some of it's gonna be partnering with some of these other entities out there. Some of it's gonna be software ecosystem. 
Um, the goal is to not peanut butter spread our efforts to a point where nobody can be successful in any industry, right? It, it's important we say, okay, you're doing automotive, all of a sudden you have to look at ASIL and all these ISO standards, functional safety, blah, blah, blah. And we have to make sure that stuff occurs. We have a functional safety sig, by the way. And so, um, so I, I think success to me looks like continued deployment of, of cores that are, are sold for profit, and then starting to attack some of these industries holistically that need these pieces and make sure that all the pieces they need inside of RISC V are there and working and completed. Well, thank you very much. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I, I mean, you know, again, I think the, the biggest thing is, is just a big thank you uh, to you and, and the rest of the community of, of you know, being inquisitive and uh, participating and, and joining the contributor culture and helping make RISC-V a success. And uh, we're, we're always looking for people to, to help us and join us. So look at RISC-V.org. If you have any questions, send mail to help at RISC-V.org. Thank you very much. Other than just going to risk5.org, are there any particular resources that somebody listening to this podcast might want to consider uh, looking at? Well, you know, if they're very tech, under the risk5.org, there's a tech tab, and underneath there, there's a tech wiki. And that shows that sends pointers to, you know, GitHub with all the specs, to the, uh, to the upstream projects, you know, GCC, LLBM you know, our governance, all those things. So it gives you a really good jumping off point. There's a getting started guide there as, as well for tech guys. Uh, but in general, if you're not a member, become a member. It's really easy, right? You know, if you're an individual, you can become a member for free. If you're a small corporation just starting out, we have some breaks. Um, you know, there's different levels of membership, strategic, Premier TSE, Premier. Um, uh, come join us. Help us change the world. I mean, this is really different. I had no clue what this was when I joined it. And I'm very grateful and I'm, uh, you know, very happy to see it. It really is making a very big uh, difference in the world. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you for listening to this episode of Innovate at Open. For future episodes, subscribe to Innovate at Open on your favorite podcast app. You could also go bitmason, B-I-T-M-A-S-O-N, blogspot.com for show notes, blogs, and a full archive of episodes and more. Thank you for listening. This is Gordon Half, Technology Evangelist at Red Hat.